Welcome back to the Word Encounter, episode 145, where we will continue on in Jeremiah chapter 23. Let's get started. The section title says, The Lord and His Sheep. Verse 1, Woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture. This is the Lord's declaration. Therefore, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says about the shepherds who tend my people. You have scattered my flock, banished them, and have not attended to them. I am about to attend to you because of your evil acts. This is the Lord's declaration. Verse 3, I will gather the remnant of my flock from all the lands where I have banished them, and I will return them to their grazing land. They will become fruitful and numerous. I will raise up shepherds over them who will tend to them. In other words, I will raise up shepherds that will take your place, evil shepherds, because you have not done your job. You have not sought to it that my people were well fed. You have done evil and led them astray. We go down to verse 5, and the title says, The Righteous Branch of David. Verse 5, it says, Look, the days are coming. This is the Lord's declaration, when I will raise up a righteous branch for David. Now, this is referring to Jesus. See, so Jeremiah is prophesying about the coming of Jesus. He says, Look, the days are coming. This is the Lord's declaration, when I will raise up a righteous branch for David. He will reign wisely as king and administer justice and righteousness in the land. And so this is a foretelling of the coming of Jesus. Uh, let's move on. Let's drop down to, uh, to verse 9, in which uh, the section title says, False Prophets Condemned. And so let's drop down to verse 13, where it says, Among the prophets of Samaria, so this is talking about the prophets of the northern kingdom Israel, I saw something disgusting. They prophesied by Baal and led my people Israel astray. Verse 14, he says, Among the prophets of Jerusalem, that is Judah, so we're getting both the northern and the southern kingdoms, among the prophets of Jerusalem, uh, I also saw a horrible thing. They commit adultery and walk in lies. They strengthen the hands of evildoers, and none turns his back on evil. They are all like Sodom to me, Jerusalem's residents, are like Gomorrah. And so, the, again, the Lord is coming against, is, 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 is telling um, Jeremiah to speak against the false prophets. There are many people who speak in the name of the Lord and, and speak as if they are speaking for the Lord, and they're false prophets in this day, today. You see, woe to the false prophets. <laughs> Their just deserts are coming. It says in verse 15, Therefore, this is what the Lord of armies says concerning the false prophets. It says, I'm about to feed them wormwood and give them poisoned water to drink, for from the prophets of Jerusalem, ungodliness has spread throughout the land. See, because from the false prophets came this impure water, this filtered word, uh, this manipulated word in order to manipulate the people. See, and see, because of that, he's going to feed them wormwood. In verse 16, it says, this is what the Lord of Army says. Do not listen to the words of the prophets who prophesy to you. They are deluding you. See, ultimately, ultimately, the responsibility is ours. See, we need to be discerning people. We need to discern whether what we're hearing is from the Lord or not. And again, the way to do that is to filter what you hear through this word right here. 
through Scripture. If what is being said is not in alignment with Scripture, if what's being prophesied is not in alignment with the nature or the character of God, it's not from God. And it's on us to discern that and then behave accordingly. So it says, do not listen to the words of the prophets who prophesy to you. They are deluding you. They speak visions from their own minds, not from the Lord's mouth. See, a lot of people speak what they want to hear, what they want to happen. They have a perspective, they have an opinion or whatever, and they prophesy out of that opinion. It's not that they've been directed by the Lord of their, or they've heard from the Lord in order to tell this to the people. They're doing this on their own. In verse 17, it says, They keep on saying to those who despise me, The Lord has spoken. You will have peace. They have said to everyone who follows the stubbornness of his heart, No harm will come to you. See, the people wanted to hear this. The people wanted to hear words of peace being prophesied. They didn't want to hear about destruction and war and, and captivity and all this stuff. They wanted to hear about peace and prosperity. And so the, that's what the false prophets were prophesying, that you would have peace, you would have prosperity. Uh, and it says uh, they prophesied that no harm will come to you. Well, these were lies. These were absolute lies. <clears throat> Let's drop down. Uh, matter of fact, let's go to chapter 24. And the section title says, um, The Good and the Bad Figs. So this is an analogy we're going to have here. It says, The Lord showed me two uh, baskets of fig figs placed in front of the temple of the Lord. One basket contained very good figs, like early figs, but the other basket contained very bad figs, so bad uh, they were inedible. And so the Lord has uh, uh, told Jeremiah, uh, and so this is uh, after um, uh, the Judeans were um, exiled to Babylon. And so then the Lord asked Jeremiah, what do you see? And he says, this is what I see, two bags of figs. In verse 4, or baskets of figs, in verse 4 it says, or 5, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. Like these good figs, so I regard as good the exiles. From Judah, I sent away uh, from this place to the land of the Chaldeans. It says, I will keep my eyes on them for their good and will return uh, them to this land. It says, I will build them up and not demolish them. I will plant them and not uproot them. I will give them a heart to know me that I am the Lord. They will be my people and I will be their God because they will return to me with all their heart. However, in verse 8, it says this. It says, but as for the bad figs, so bad they are inedible, this is what the Lord says. And this way I will deal uh, with King Zedekiah of Judah, his officials, and the remnant of Jerusalem, those remaining in this land or living in the land of Egypt. Verse 9, I will make them an object of horror and a disaster to all the kingdoms of the earth, an example for disgrace, scorn, ridicule, cursing, where, uh, wherever I have banished them. So, so there's two groups of people the Lord has sent. One I will bless. You know, all of these people have been exiled. <laughs> so, so they all have been punished. But he says eventually they, they will fall into two groups. One that I will bless and one that I will curse. For those that are of a sincere heart and want to return to me, those will be blessed. But those still hanging on to, 
to uh, uh, false ideologies, false ideas, and false thoughts and false concepts, those I will send to the sword, famine, and plague. That's what the Lord says. And so, um, let's drop down. No, let's go over to chapter 25. Now it's going to speak of the, the, the title here says the 70-year exile. So, so again, uh, Jeremiah is prophesying in a time when um, the defeat of Judah has come uh, at the hands of the Babylonians and the people have been uh, either right after they've been carried off or just before they're getting carried off. It's in that time frame. And so he's prophesying uh, to the people what's going to happen in the near-term future. And so... Chapter 25, verse 2, it says, The prophet Jeremiah spoke concerning all the people of Judah and all the residents of Jerusalem as follows. It says, from the, um, from the 13th, let's see, from the 13th year of Josiah, son of uh, Ammon, king of Ju uh, Judah, until this very day. So from the 13th year um, of King Josiah until this very day, it's a 23-year span, it says, the word of the Lord has come to me, and I have spoken to you time and time again, but you have not obeyed. The Lord sent all his servants, the prophets, to you time and time again, but you have not obeyed or even paid attention. It says, not only did you not obey, you weren't even listening. I sent my spokesmen, I sent my oracles, I sent my prophets, and you didn't even hear what they had to say. So how could you obey when you didn't even listen? It says in verse 5, he announced, do not follow other gods to serve them uh, and to bow and worship to them. Do not anger me by the work of your hands. Then I will do you no harm. The Lord said, look, just obey me. Just obey me. Do not anger me by the work of your hands. Do not anger me by what you do. Just obey me. Then you're cool with me. I'll do you no harm. Everything will be great. However, in verse 7, it says, but you have not obeyed me. Verse 8, therefore, this is what the Lord of Army says. Because you have not obeyed my words, I am going to send for all the families of the north. This is the Lord's declaration. And send for my servant Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. Notice the Lord is calling the king of Babylon, you know, a, not a chosen one, not a believer in him. He calls him my servant Nebuchadnezzar. <laughs> He says, I'll send for my servant Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and I will bring them against this land, against its residents and against all these surrounding nations. And so it wasn't just Judah. It wasn't just the northern land of Israel and Samaria. It was them and all the surrounding nations. It says, I will completely destroy them and make them an example of horror and scorn and ruins forever. And so... But not only, again, not only uh, uh, Judah and, and not only uh, Israel, but all the surrounding nations. <clears throat> all the surrounding nations. Let's go on to verse 11. It says, this whole land, so Judah, and Jerusalem, all the surrounding nations, this whole land will become a desolate ruin. And these nations will serve the king of Babylon for 70 years. When the 70 years are completed, I will punish the king of Babylon and that nation, 
This is the Lord's declaration, the land of their Chaldeans uh, for their iniquity, and I will make it a ruin forever. So I'm going to use uh, the Chaldeans and the Babylonians, the, the land of Babylon, I'm going to use them, their army, their power, whatever, to come down and smite you, you know, to, to, uh, to exact my justice on you, Judah, and all the surrounding nations. And then after a period of time, a, a period of decades, then I'm going to come up against them. That sounds kind of harsh, right? I'm going to use them to come against you, but then eventually I'm going to come against them. Why might that be? Because they overextended. They went beyond what the Lord wanted them to do. See, it says he's going to punish them for their iniquity, for their sin, for their wickedness. So obviously, at some point in time, they got off track. They went off the rails. See? And so uh, the punisher is now going to become the punishee because they went outside of the scope of what God wanted them to do. Verse 15, we drop down. It says, the cup of God's wrath. And it says here, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, said to me. Take this cup of wine of wrath from my hand and make all the nations to whom I am sending you drink from it. <laughs> so the Lord has given uh, Jeremiah a cup of wrath. It says, take it as wine to all the surrounding nations and make them drink from it. They will drink, stagger, and go out of their minds because of the sword I am sending among them. Verse 17. So I, Jeremiah, took the cup from the Lord's hand and made all the nations to whom the Lord sent me drink from it. And so this is metaphorical. I don't know exactly what this meant. I don't know exactly. I don't know if just the Lord sent Jeremiah to the surrounding nations and have him and you know, had him prophesy to them and make them listen to him. I don't know if that was uh, the metaphor for drinking the wine. I don't know. But we know what the Lord meant. It says in verse 18, he starts calling out these surrounding lands. It says Judah, Egypt, Uz, uh, Ashkelon, Gaza, Ekron, Ashdad, uh, Edom, Moab, Sidon, uh, Dedan, Tema, Buzz. It says the kings of the coast and islands. That means all extended lands. Arabia, uh, Zimri, Elam, Medea. It says all the kingdoms of the world throughout the earth. All of them. It says in verse 27, Then you are to say to them, Who? All of them. You'll say to all these kingdoms of the earth, This is what the Lord of armies, the God of Israel says, Drink, get drunk, and vomit. <laughs> drink, get drunk, and vomit. Fall down and never get up again as a result of the sword I am sending among you. This sounds like a very harsh word coming from the Lord. Let's drop down. It says, for I am, verse 29, for I am already bringing disaster on the city that bears my name. So how could you possibly go unpunished? So the Lord is essentially saying, look, I'm already punishing my own family, you know, for doing things uh, against what I told them to do for being wicked and evil. I'm already punishing my own family. How do you think you're going to escape for doing the same thing? He says, no, 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 no. So how could you possibly go unpunished? It says, you will not go unpunished, for I am summoning the sword against all the inhabitants of the earth. In other words, everybody's guilty. Everybody's guilty of not living according to how they were created. 
Everybody is evil. Everybody is wicked. Everybody is involved in idolatry. Everybody. I've been paying attention to my son or my child Israel because they are my son, my child. But that doesn't mean I'm going to ignore you. That doesn't mean that you are not guilty. That doesn't mean that you are innocent. Since this is the declaration of the Lord of Armies. The next section says, judgment on the whole world. Verse 30, as for you, you are to prophesy all these things to them and say to them, as for you, Jeremiah, this is what, what I'm doing to the whole world, but this is what you're to say. The Lord roars from on high. He makes his voice heard from his holy dwelling. He calls out with a shout against all the inhabitants of the earth. The tumult uh, reaches to the ends of the earth because the Lord brings a case against the nations against everybody. He enters into judgment with all humanity. <laughs> As for the wicked, he hands them over to the sword. This is the Lord's declaration. And so we see that, you know, the, the Lord's expectations and his wrath are not limited uh, to Israel, to Judah, to the Jews. No, 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 no. This extends to everybody. Let's go on to verse 26. The section title says, Jeremiah's speech in the temple. It says, at the beginning of the reign of Jehoiakim, son of Jehoahash, uh, king of Judah, the word came from the Lord. Verse 2, this is what the Lord says. The Lord says, stand in the courtyard of the Lord's temple and speak all the words I have commanded you to speak to all Judah's cities uh, that are coming to worship me there. Do not hold back a word. So the Lord already knows that this is not going to be pleasant for his people to hear. So he's telling Jeremiah, hold back nothing, filter nothing. Say exactly what I tell you to say. Verse 4, it says, you are to say to them, this is what the Lord says. If you do not listen to me by living according to my instruction that I set before you. See, if you don't, um, if, if I can't look at your lifestyle and tell that you are living according to my instruction. It says, and by standing to the words of my servants, the prophet, whom I have been sending to you time and time again, you know, uh, and, and, and if you're not living according to what my prophets, of which Jeremiah is one, if you're not living according to what they're saying, and I've been sending them to you time and time and time again, though you did not listen, it says in verse 6, I will make this temple like Shiloh. So again, we don't know exactly what happened to Shiloh, but whatever it was, it had to be pretty, pretty bad. I will make this city an example for cursing for all the nations of the earth. Next section says Jeremiah seized. The priests, the prophets, and all the people heard Jeremiah speaking these words in the temple of the Lord. So they heard what he, that they were going to be like Shiloh. And, and they said, so obviously they weren't too thrilled with this. It says, when he finished the address of the Lord and had commanded him to deliver to all the people, immediately the priests, the prophets, and the people took hold of him, yelling, you must surely die. So they heard what he was saying. They said, oh, no, oh, sookie, sookie, uh-uh, this can't happen. You got to die, bro, because you know, what you're saying, we're not down with. You know, we're not crazy about this thing, so you are going to have to die. Then all the people crowded around Jeremiah at the Lord's temple. And so can you imagine Jeremiah being in the temple? 
And then um, he says what he has to say. They start screaming and hollering, and then they start approaching him. And so now he's got all these people surrounding him. It's Jeremiah and all these people surrounding him, you know, angry. How intimidating would that be? You know, they're all angry with you. They want to string you up, and they all surround you. He says, all the people crowded around Jeremiah at the Lord's temple. In verse 10, when the officials of Judah heard about these things, you know, when the governors and the, and the politicians, when they heard about this uh, of these things, they went from the king's palace to the Lord's temple and sat at the entrance. Verse 11, it says, Then the priests and prophets said to the officials and all the people, This man deserves the death sentence because he has prophesied against this city, as you have heard with your own eyes. So again, can you imagine? Here's Jeremiah in the center of all these people, and they're saying, Look, he needs to be strung up. He needs to die. Next section, Jeremiah's defense in verse 12. It says, then Jeremiah said to all the officials and all the people, the Lord sent me to prophesy all the words you have heard against this temple and city. So now correct your ways and deeds and obey the Lord your God so that he might relent concerning the disaster he has pronounced against you. So picture this again. So there's Jeremiah surrounded by all these people yelling and screaming, wanting them to die and die and die. And how does he respond? He says, correct your ways and deeds. And obey the voice of the Lord. Can you imagine that? Wow, he, he had to be full of the Holy, Holy Spirit. It reminds me of Stephen in the New Testament. We'll talk about that when we get to it. But he didn't back down. He doubled down. He said, uh-uh, correct your ways. In verse 14, he says, as for me, here I am in your hands. Uh, do to me what you think is good and right. He says, okay, you got me. Do whatever. But I'm doing what I was told to do. Next section says Jeremiah released. In verse 17, it says, Some of the elders of the land stood up and said to the assembled people, Micah the Morshite prophesied in the days of King Hezekiah of Judah and said to all the people of Judah, This is what the Lord of Army says. He says, uh, This is what uh, Micah said. He prophesied, Zion will be plowed like a field, Jerusalem will become ruins, and the temple's mountain will be high and thicket will be a high thicket, I should say. The temple's mountain will be a high thicket. In verse 19, it says, Did uh, King Hezekiah of Judah and all the people of Judah put him to death? Did not the king fear the Lord and plead for the Lord's favor? And did not the Lord relent concerning the disaster he had pronounced against them? We're about to bring a terrible disaster on ourselves. And so what these wise counselors were saying amongst the people, says, Look, this has happened before. Micah prophesied disaster and whatnot, but Hezekiah turned from the wrath of the people and he, he essentially repented to the Lord and the Lord relented. And so he's saying that, look, we're about to bring disaster on ourselves if we want to string him up and kill him because of what he said. But then there was another perspective, the prophet Uriah. It says in verse 20, another man was also prophesying in the name of the Lord, Uriah. He prophesied against this city and against the land in the words of all, in words like all those of Jeremiah. So Uriah was another prophet, you know, in a previous time. And he came and prophet, uh, prophesied like uh, in, the, in the likeness of the things that uh, Jeremiah was saying. And it says, uh, King Jehoiakim all his warriors and all his officials heard his words, and uh, the king tried to put him to death. When Uriah heard this, he fled in fear and went to Egypt. But uh, Je Jehoiakim sent some dudes out there to bring him back from Egypt, so they brought him back. 
says, they brought Uriah uh, out of Egypt and took him to King Jehoiakim, who executed him with the sword and threw his corpse into a burial place of the common people. So Jeremiah had reason to be concerned, see, because precedent had been set that somebody had uh, spoken similar words to him and ran away, tried to run away, but they went and brought him back and he was executed. And so it wasn't like the threat wasn't credible. See, he knew what could happen to him, but he did it anyway because the Lord told him. But in verse 24, it says, but Ahikam, uh, Ahikam, um, supported Jeremiah. So Ahikam must have been an important official, a priest or something. I don't know who, who uh, Ahikam was. And he says, but he supported Jeremiah, so he was not handed over to the people to be put to death. And so uh, Jeremiah was not killed for prophesying. But the, the, the lesson here is that it was a tough thing that the Lord told him to do, but he did it anyway, regardless of the threat of personal harm. He was faithful to what he was told to do. And if you've been, you know, enjoying the Word Encounter series and whatnot, you know, praise God and thank you. I hope you're being fed, your spirit is being uh, fed. But if you're one who does not know the Lord um, and has not acknowledged Jesus as Lord and Savior, then, you know, let's go over to Romans chapter 10 and, and verse 9. And it says, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It says, one believes with the heart resulting in righteousness and one confesses with the mouth resulting in salvation. Verse 11, for the scripture says, everyone who believes on him will not be put to shame. And it says in verse 12, since there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, between you know Jew and non-Jew, it says there's no distinction from the Lord's perspective because the same Lord of all richly blesses all who call on him. And so the same Lord blesses Jew or Gentile. He blesses everybody who call on him. And then it says in verse 13, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. He does not discriminate. You call on his name. You recognize his son, Jesus Christ, as Lord and Savior in your heart. You confess with your mouth and you sincerely believe it in your heart. Then the word says that you shall be saved. I think the King James says, ye shall be saved. <laughs> and so if you've done that before, if you're doing it for the first time, just make sure of your sincerity. You don't want to bring on God's wrath for an insincere, for an insincere confession. And so, Lord, we just thank you. We honor you. We praise you. And we thank you for this Word Encounter series. And we will see you tomorrow for episode 146. Everybody take care. Have a blessed day. Bye-bye.